0: Hello there and welcome to Trope on a Rope, the show where we delve into the tropes that have come to define cinema and see which films are fine examples of their type and which are a load of old rope. In the early 2000s and the post-coital glow of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Hollywood was all a-tither. It turned out that not only did epic fantasy have a mainstream audience, but the technology existed to make the previously unfilmable ununfilmable. unfilmable Cue the sudden rush to buy up every fantasy available and rush it into production for there was money in them Dara Misty Mountains. Problem was, effects-laden high fantasy is expensive as shit, and if returns weren't forthcoming after the first instalment, plugs were pulled and these films joined the ranks of our current topic, franchise false starts. So far, we've looked at Disney's John Carter and Tom Cruise's The Mummy, this week we look at a film that failed in its attempt to kick off a franchise, but whose story was successfully remade thirteen years later as the correctly titled TV show His Dark Materials. This week we look at 2007's incorrectly titled The Golden Compass. My name's Jeff, and I'm joined by Mr. Colin Gerard. You're right, mate. I'm actually in a very, very good mood today. Drinking a chew
1: high, sipping a bud, having a chocolate bar. Fantastic. So today today's the last in the of the three of the trope right
0: yes today's last one shall we get into it then the golden compass follows the story of a little girl who lives in a world where your soul lives outside your body in the form of an animal most people have normal and cool animals people who work as security guards have guard dogs for some reason in an extreme form of normative determinism and what if your animal spirit is a fish you have to live by the sea now and are there, like, normal animal animals? Are there cows that aren't spirit animals? Are there cows that are? And which tastes better? I have similar questions concerning the world of Pokemon.
1: If it's a fish, does that mean you're not never allowed to be a fisherman, ever? Or does it mean you have to be a fisherman? Do normal animals exist? And do not, do normal animals Yeah, the po- po- well, they're not really normal, are they? Yeah. I don't remember seeing any in the movie once.
0: <laughs> Neither do I. I'm racking my brains. Go, were there normal animals in the background at any point, or are all animals that you see demons?
1: And even if they are, how would you know? Because it's not like it might be a demon; it might not be just because it's not interacting with you as a as a as a
0: uh, viewer of the movie. Like do, does does it speak or not? Yeah, but you know, it might be a particularly standoffish cow.
1: Well, she goes to the the. Place where they're killing the kids at one point, and there's loads of animals running around. They probably are demons, but you can't be certain because not all of them are speaking. Going, hi, I'm a demon. They don't have name tags.
0: Yeah, and also not all demons talk. Like Mrs. Coulter's demon doesn't talk. Well, maybe it can. Who knows? Maybe it's just shy. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are your uh, what were your initial thoughts about this film? Um, I was actually quite. Uh, I- I'd actually heard that the books
1: were really good. Yeah. I've I've never read them, but very quickly getting into the movie, I, I noticed that I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. The, the first thing I noticed was the um the accents really pissed me off. Yeah. It was a uh, it was the Co- the Cockney accent, but done by an obviously very, very posh person who just says things in a very posh accent and then goes ain't every now and then.
0: Yeah. Hello, could I could I get some more some of your water, please, sir? Ain't it? I do have a note on that. The at the beginning and end, when she's around Roger. She has a Cockney accent, but then in the middle of the film, she becomes posh. That is a little bit kind of explained. It's uh, she,
1: she's like she because he's a he's like just a mere kitchen boy and she he calls her a lady, mm. but he's his friend, so she wants to fit in with him. So maybe she puts on the accent only when she's with him, but it's just even his accent, the genuinely poor, like a Cockney guy, is not a Cockney, he's he's also obviously a rich kid doing a Cockney accent.
0: They're very, they're, it's definite. There's definite Oliver Twisting going on. Yeah.
1: Or uh, what's her name? Umbrella Lady with clean stuff. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Dick Van Dyke. Dick, but yeah, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> I, I got past it, but it, it grated for the first 10 minutes of the movie. And also, they, they seem to just instantly jump into this world where apparently they assume that everyone who's watching this movie has read the book. It's like then you just seem to know every. They had like a t- five-second uh, narration at the beginning to explain about the souls and stuff. Yeah, like the inter- inter- introduction to this podcast, but then so much was not even slightly explained. Like who the characters were. Mm. Uh, I don't know what what was going on. Why there was problems. What dust is. Yeah. Why is dust so bad? Like. Yeah. You just like. Is this either assumed you know it or you don't need to know it? Yeah, but it seems to be really important. So you just seem a little bit lost from the very beginning.
0: So my my position on on this is, I do have the books. I've got all the book series. Um, I've read the first two, and I've also seen the BBC HBO remake. Okay, no, it's not a remake of this. It's just another adaptation of this. Okay, um, where they've actually finished it. Um, I've seen the first two seasons out of three, and I skip to the end, and so I know what happens in the end. In the end,
1: what's the? But what are the books like, by the way?
0: In your opinion, the book is really good. It is classed as uh, a, a YA novel ish. A what? Like young adult? Oh, okay. It's a bit classed as that, but it's a lot darker than that.
1: Yeah, yeah there's very very anti-religion um, vibe happening there. Anti. Like it, it seemed like the Catholic Church or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, uh, the books and the, and the film have a very strong like Chronicles of Narnia kind of feeling to them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But the theme is the exact opposite of the Chronicles of Narnia. What was the themes of the Chronicles of Narnia again? Uh, it's Aslan's Jesus. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, and he sacrifices himself on. Uh, okay, gotcha.
0: Whereas this is. Yeah, no, religion's crook, isn't it? Yeah, exactly.
1: that, that That's why I got the vibe I got from the movie,
0: anyway. Like the film and the BBC, the BBC, I, the, the BBC version. It's BBC and HBO, but that's too many letters to be saying in a row every time. So I'm just going to call it the BBC version from now on. Like the BBC version and the books, they're very close to what the film is. There is one key difference, and it's the ending. The ending of this of this movie, yeah. The ending of the Golden Compass yeah okay we'll but we'll get into that later, um because it's a bit spoilery to have up top. yeah, it's the end, right However, I do genuinely like this movie.
1: no, I, I liked it as well. I just felt really lost throughout the like there was so much going on I, I don't know if I should say this now, but my my main my main
0: problem with it
1: i maybe I'll get to it later
0: all right uh, the, you're right, there's so much going on, like it is definitely based on a book. Because it has so many things going on in it, there's so many layers of stuff happening. You've got the thing with the demons, and then you've also got multiverse. Yeah. Then you've also got those witches.
1: Like randomly, all of a sudden, there are witches.
0: And then there's also whatever Lord Asriel's doing.
1: There's, there's the there's the obvious uh, gypsies who are also slightly pirates and called the the what are they called again the
0: Egyptians. Gy- Egyptians. So. Is that a play on Egypt or gypsies? Or... It's got all of these things in it, and they all seem a bit rushed.
1: Yeah, the, the pacing is, is... That's why I get lost in this movie. There's so much, and the pacing of the movie is just like, we've got to get through all this material in this amount of time, by the way, we've got to get this out, we've got to get all of this information into this small package really, really quickly.
0: And like, oh, don't worry, they've probably read the book. It was really popular. They'll get it. So that's that said, like the idea of like the BBC version, which is a TV show where you can slow down the pacing a lot easier, right? Like the first season, the first season covers the first book and a little bit of the second one, and it's over eight one hour episodes. Yeah. So it's every you can take time with everything, you can appreciate everything, you can settle into the world, and when something else comes up, you go. Oh, now this is another level of this complicated world. Okay, I'm happy with this. I can live with this. Whereas in this, it's like... Everything at once. Uh, <laughs> uh, your soul is an animal that lives outside your body. Sorry, what? There's a multiverse. Other worlds. Witches! 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 This, this one looks like our world, but isn't our world. It looks almost identical, but everything's fucked. Um, uh, Okay, fuck. What, what? Uh, Yeah, witches. Witches are in there. Um, uh, Something about Jesus. um, But not Jesus. Azure's a dude, Azure's a dude, by the way. Oi, sorry. This is like people shouting over each other. Anyway, uh, so have you got all that? Um, yeah, no, I think. Right, right. bears. There's bears king. Bear kings.
1: <laughs> what, what? the fuck are the bears? <laughs> I can't.
0: I'm, I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> are, the, are, the, are the bears demons?
1: They're not demons. They want to have demons. Oh, yeah, but they don't have... Yeah, <laughs> the bears aren't demons. Why do they want demons? <laughs> Help, I'm lost. Uh, my... my, my Biggest problem with well, my second biggest problem. With this is that I saw when I was watching it, like a really, really good story. Yeah, like there is definitely a good story there. It's just it was just so much crammed in and so much at once that it's really hard to follow what the, actually the main point of the film was at first.
0: The 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 plot about the children going missing, which also goes missing. The plot itself that is that's a that's a film of its own. Without all this extra stuff around the edge, yeah. But it does. It just, like you say, it just gets lost within everything else that's going on because you have to barrel through all of this. In it's under two hours. This film, uh, um, uh,
1: and, and I said one hour and forty-seven minutes. I think. Well, 50, one hour and forty-seven minutes. I think.
0: Oh, seven of which are probably the credits. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not a lot of time to to introduce all of this bollocks. Yeah, and it. I mean, it,
1: it drew on a lot of different sources. Like, uh, uh, who's the director of this? Because it, it felt, I felt like a the the narration at the beginning was very Lord of the Rings esque, and then it just kind of fell into uh, Charlie. Um, what's his name? The chimney sweep guy. Charlie Chap? No, not Charlie Chaplin. Uh, Dick Van Dyke. No, please, sir. May I have some more?
0: More. Uh Ollie Twist. Okay, yeah. So then it falls, falls into
1: Oliver Twist, and then all of a sudden it's Narnia like the it seems to be drawing it from a lot of different uh, fantasy genres movies trying to take its uh, little parts of it the best parts of everything uh
0: the film starts the film starts not even in the world that it's set in the film starts the very first shot of the film is our world yeah you see oxford modern day um and there's a voiceover which briefly explains that a there's multiple worlds and B, the world that we're going to, people's souls live outside of their bodies in the form of animals called demons. So yeah, in this world, there's a whole bunch of things that we don't have. They've they've got demons, witches, um, they've got uh, airships, they take airships everywhere, they've got talking bears. There's the thing about dust, um, the magisterium, which is their weird church. They've got a weird form of electricity, which comes up more in the books. Um, Egyptians and the multiverse. And you've all got your get your head around that in the first five minutes.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, fair enough. Whatever. Okay. I, I can deal with that. Because I still enjoyed the movie. It was like but you have to you have to really like kind of just get over that first like what the fuck is going on? It's like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the ride. And it's quite hard to do.
0: I've made some notes about the various different bits. So demons, they're the physical manifestation of the human soul. Yeah. They can't be separated from a human without killing them. Yeah. If someone takes your demon too far away from you, it physically hurts you. Yeah. I've got a question about that for later, actually. Usually, but not always, the demon is the opposite gender of the person. Seems to also
1: be, from what I noticed, uh, is it Lyra the main character? Lyra. Lyra. She... uh... Also, seemed to be the exact opposite personality. Like uh, she, she was she was really, really brave and would just do everything. And he was always like,
0: uh, "Oh, you can't do that; it might be dangerous." It's it seems that some of your personality traits um, will be more in the demon than in you. Uh, together, you are a complete person.
1: And so, so he, it's like the the demon has taken away her fear, and like so that's why she's brave and bold, and he's a whiny little pit bitch.
0: Because, like later on, when you meet Lee Scoresby, for example, he's like a bold adventurer, but his demon, the rabbit Hester, is slightly more cautious and level-headed. Yeah, and like um,
1: the, uh, Nick, is it Nicole
0: Kidman? Nicole Kidman, yeah.
1: So her, she, she's also like sly, cunning, and subtle, and like a,
0: whereas her, her monkey
1: is like really bold and just causing problems and stealing shit and doesn't give a fuck. There's nothing sly about that monkey at all. So it's like it's like the the demon and the person have opposite traits.
0: Yeah, or the demon will um in the case of Nicole Kidman's character, uh, Mrs. Coulter, the demon will exhibit exhibit feelings and emotions that the human tries to um bury. Hide. Uh, yeah, hide is a better word. Oh, uh, okay. So one of the reasons why Mrs. Coulter's demon doesn't talk—it's the only one that doesn't talk. Everyone else talks because, like, her own repression is manifested in the monkey. It's, it's why it's very like closed off and guarded, but it will physically lash out at, at things. Okay. It's also the reason why she seems to not like her demons. I didn't know that. Stuff. I'm not. I can't remember it. I'm sure it happens in the film, but I know it happens in the TV show in the books where she's physically violent to the monkey she'll hit it and smack it around.
1: Oh, it, it does happen once, and then she's like, no, no, I'm sorry, I would never hurt you. And I, I literally said to the movie, you just literally hurt hurt her, so now you're lying.
0: So because she is contr- so controlled in in of herself, whenever the monkey shows emotions that she wants to hide, that's why she hates it, because it will show slip-ups in her personality.
1: Okay, gotcha. Okay, she's uh, be- be- betraying her... That she's actually not as insecure as she like, uh, presents herself to be. That she does feel a little bit of panic sometimes.
0: Yeah, uh, you can't separate from your demon, but witches can. Um, there is a way for humans to do it. it. It explains it in the book. It's taboo to touch a per- another person's demon. Demons can touch each other, but people, you can't touch someone else's. I do have a question. When humans fuck, do the demons... Um... <laughs> Because I I asked this because like it's revealed later that Lord Azrael and Mrs Coulter were in a relationship. Lord Azrael has a large female snow leopard, and she's got that little golden monkey. Does the golden monkey fuck this? <laughs> 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 uh, okay,
1: I see why you asked <laughs>
0: Um You asked about the Egyptians. Moving on from demons, um, the Egyptians—they're not the same as Roman Gypsies in our world. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, but they are. They're... They're, they're, nomad, they're nomads, or of some
0: sort. Of a... it's, it says on the Wikipedia page for this that they're they're a tri- they're a nomad tribe from East Anglia. From <laughs> East Anglia, I'm from East Anglia. Yeah, because the layout of the world is slightly different. Instead of America and Canada, there is New France, New Netherlands, I think, and then Texas are the three countries that it becomes. So yeah, Britain, Britain is Britain, but it's spelled B R Y T I T A I N. Russia is two countries, Muscovy and Tartary. and oh, yeah, America is Texas, New Denmark, sorry. New Denmark and New France. And then you have the Magisterium, the worldwide Faith, which yeah, which I never
1: really got. I understand what's the, like I said, so much happening in the movie. I never really got what the Magisterium was,
0: so the the Magisterium is the worldwide faith. It's analogous to analogous. Is that the right word? Is it an is it an organization
1: or is it just like the 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 government? it's the government okay
0: no it's not the government i was just i was just filling filling in the rest of your question
1: oh no 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 so is it just what like the, the, the faith that people believe in the name of the religion or is it the name of the organization
0: it's the name of the organization okay so religion is their religion they um, serve a god who is called the authority oh that was a god The name of God in this is the authority, and the magisterium serves the authority, and the magisterium doesn't govern the world, but it has influence over everything. Okay. Um, And they see things like science, especially anything looking into dust, as heresy. What the fuck is dust, by the way? It's never actually explained. You're told it's bad the the wikipedia page i had to look it up because i st- still can't don't know um, apparently it's an elemental elementary particle that's uh, responsible for consciousness okay why is that bad like everything everything that's alive comes from from dust apparently
1: okay so so if okay and the med- magisterium doesn't like dust because it makes people too in- individualistic
0: something like that also, it, it proves the the existence of the multiverse, and they don't want want anyone to know about that.
1: By the way, is there that the what was the name of the the series, the TV series version?
0: The um, that's a good point. The book, the book is called Northern Lights. It's a Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone situation. In America, it was retitled The Golden Compass. Like, the golden compass in this, the alethiometer, is referred to as a golden compass, like, once. And then they call it an alethiometer for the rest of the film. So, I don't know why they changed the title. Americans. The book series and the TV show is called His Dark Materials.
1: Okay. And is that on uh, HBO or Disney Plus or something?
0: It's on HBO in America, and it's on BBC iPlayer here. Oh, I can get BBC iPlayer, because I would be interested. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Right. So we start with Jordan. Jordan College at the beginning. Um, Lord Azrael, He's a bit of a dick, isn't he? He is a bit of a dick, especially to Lyra. He, do- who is his daughter apparently. Well, uh, at the moment, niece. And she's well, for some reason he's a, he's a right dick to her, but does it just unnecessarily mean? He's unnecessarily mean to her constantly. He just, any kind of interest that she has in him, he just tells her to fuck off. And when she gets upset, he's like, oh, well, you're going to fucking cry about it? Just why are you being such a dick? Maybe she reminds me reminds him of, of her mother. Possibly. Um, but she worships him, despite the fact that he is a dick. In the background, there's this children are disappearing plot line. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just whispered about every now and then. They just mention it in the background and they're like, oh, like, the kids are have turned it into a game like finding these gobblers and none of the adults seem to give a shit. <laughs> yeah, and they, they
1: was talking about the gobblers I, I just remember thinking, what the fuck is a gobbler?
0: Roger and Billy Costa are running around the streets at night and they're approached by a shadowy figure who takes them away and it's like, dun dun dun, who's this? But they do show the shadowy figures demon. I can't, I can't. remember what the demon was. It's the golden fucking monkey. It, did they? I, fuck, I missed that. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck! I must have looked away from the screen or something.
1: <laughs> so I, I would have. I, that would have made. That would have made so much more sense when she walks in all smug in the first time you meet Nicole Kidman. Yeah, it would have made so much more sense why she was so smug yeah if uh, if as a as an audience member, I already knew she was the bad person, but no one else did and she could have that smoke that would have made more sense yeah. okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah you you see Mrs. Coulter um she's fancy, and everyone talks about her like she's scary yeah
1: even the magist- the main magistrate go just like does anything that she asks
0: I mean she's she's a bit sinister, but she, uh, she's not scary. His Dark Materials version, um, the BBC one, is played by Ruth Wilson, and she fucking nails it. Oh,
1: yeah? Better than the Nicole Kidman
0: version? Yeah, a hundred times better, but practically steals the show. Good. I like
1: characters that do that. Like, sorry, actors that do that.
0: Mrs. Coulter leans in and tells tells Larry, because she's talking about the North, and, and Lord Asriel is fucked off up North to do science to do with dust. Yeah, for some reason.
1: He wants to find the multiverse,
0: doesn't he? Yeah, he thinks there's a bridge to the multiverse up north somewhere by the Northern Lights, hence the name of the book. (gasps) (laughs) So, um, Mrs. is there and she's talking to Lyra and she's like, I'll tell you something that I probably shouldn't, and tells her about the the, the king, uh, the bear king, not having a demon. Thinks that he's a human.
1: Like the bear king thinks he's a human or something.
0: Yeah, he wants to be a human, yeah. Oh, that's why he wants a demon. Hang on this there's some king louis shit going on there. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway she leans in and says I'll tell you something I probably shouldn't. But I'm like she might as well just lean in and say I'll tell you something that will become important later. Ooh, by the way, foreshadowing. Sure. <laughs> and then winks at the camera. <laughs> we have a brief conference with the ma- the, the magisterium old guy conference. <laughs> Where three guys from the Magisterium, we've got surprise Christopher Lee cameo, that guy who played Caligula, and guy number three. I don't know who the guy number three was. Exactly, that's why I called him guy number three. <laughs> 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 but I fucking love, I, I
1: love Christopher Lee though.
0: Christopher Lee and Cali- uh, the guy who played Caligula, I'm all about that. But uh, yeah, they have a little conference and say, and say, oh, shit's crook. Lord Azriel's been a dick. Whatever Mrs. Coulter's doing, that's good. How's that going? An elithiometer, whatever that is, we've not been told yet. Lyra goes off with Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Coulter's going on a, a a thing up north and she's hired Lyra as her assistant. Yeah. I remember why I remember why she does that now. I was about to ask but... Lyra gets the alethiometer from from the teachers at the at the college. It's called a golden compass for a second, and then they never, never say it again. So, if you're playing a drinking game where you get to drink every time someone says the title of the movie, this is the only fucking time. It better be a big fucking drink. Lyra goes with Mrs. Coulter to London, and they sit and they stay in London for a bit. And it's never explained in the film why they're in London for so long. But basically, Mrs. Coulter, she's doing these wine, wine, and, wine and dining and meeting a load of people and having dinner parties and all that kind of shit she's raising money for her expedition north okay. but it's not explained in the film it's just she they go to London and play dress up and parties for a bit but she already feels like a wrong and because she's mean to Lyra a couple of times and the monkeys are twat <laughs> it's at that point that Lyra discovers that she's the gobblers not she's as in Lyra herself but as as Mrs Gobbler uh, Mrs Gobbler Mrs oh, Mrs gobbler uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Coulter is the Gobblers, right? There's a there's an uh, ex- exchange between Lyra and her demon, who's called Pan. She gets this piece of paper out the bin, and it says General Ablation Board, who uh, Mrs. Coulter works for. And um, Pan, the demon, goes, G-O-B! And Lyra's reaction is, Gobblers! <laughs> Lyra says, G-O-B. Gobblers from the letters G O B. I was like, yeah, no, Pan just said that,
1: and also a bit of, bit of a bit of a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> 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 like that was the most conclusive evidence ever. G O B. That's the first three letters of Gobblers. We've solved the mystery.
0: What? No, yeah Also, isn't 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 Gobblers what you called them on the street? It's not their actual name, right? Yeah, it's not their actual name. <laughs> like you've. The, the kids on the street have called them this because they <laughs> air quotes gobble children up. That's where the name comes from to you, not the letters of the general ablation board. <laughs> Lyra realising that Mrs. Coulter's a wronger, nearly said Mrs. Gobbler again. Uh, Mrs. Colter's a, run- a uh, wrong. She does a runner and then gets caught immediately by a different group of people.
1: The gypsies.
0: Uh, G- uh, gypsians. Yeah, she meets the Egyptians and immediately trusts them. Immediately trusts them. Well, Billy, Billy, Billy Costa, uh, his mum's there. Ah, oh, okay. And and she knows. Uh... So the boy that went missing with 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 um, what's his name, uh, Roger? It's also the kid that she, she finds in in the hut later.
1: Yeah, good questions about that too.
0: Continue. Uh, anyway, I think skipping over the Egyptians bit because nothing really happens here. They go up north. Um, they meet Mayor West from Family Guy, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Sam Elliott, yeah, brilliant. They meet him and they meet a drunk bear played by Ian McKellen. Is it? Yeah, I was about to say, was that Gandalf? Yeah, that was Gandalf. Gandalf the bear. She rescues the bear by getting by getting its um, armor back. Right. She rescues the bear by the bear is a drunk and working for humans working for a bucket of whiskey um, because he's lost his armor. And she finds out where it is. And where it is, is just in... It's in the town hall or something like that? Where you'd expect, like... It's in the office of the Magisterium. It's where you would hide bear armor. Is it in the Lost and Found section, perhaps? Yeah, it's it's not hidden. It's in the official offices of the Magisterium. Like, how come you hadn't figured that out? That'd be the first place you'd look. He's only a bear. Where did they take my armour? Oh, the place where they are, I suppose. (laughs) Anyway, she gets talked into helping the bear out by Scoresby, and she just goes along with it for some reason. Scoresby? I
1: quite quite like the Scoresby character.
0: I do like him, yeah. Uh, It's Lin-Manuel Miranda in the TV show. I don't know what, who
1: or why he is, but he's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's to have like a a, so, a soft-spoken, world world-wise Texan, is is a nice character to have around. I've got a uh, the next section I've got on in my notes is called "Where's Ratter," the rat, where they find Billy Costa.
1: Oh, well, wait, in the hut. Yeah, here's where my here's where my my question happens from earlier. You like if your uh, demon gets too far away from you you die How, why are they able to cut cut them away and separate them and then they don't die
0: so that's what the machine does we'll we'll get into the machine in a second i will return to that um okay the egyptians for a start the egyptians are looking after lyra as they head north and she's like one of their most valuable asset to them at the moment but she gets to wander off any she feels. And she disappears with the bear for like an afternoon and a day to find this kid in a hut. She didn't tell anyone where she's going. She just fucks off.
1: Yeah. No, they're not doing a very good, not doing a very good job, job of tracking her.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they find Billy Costa. Billy Costa's just alone uh, in this hut and his demon's missing. Um And he's he's like hollowed out what's left of him is like half a person he seems he seems fucked and all he's doing is going where's Rata? where's Rata?" and he's got like a dead he's got a dead there are animal skins hanging in the roof of that hut because he's holding on to like a dead rat or something in his hands so there are other animals in this world
1: unless he's killing other people's demons
0: but you can't do that because if you kill a demon, it doesn't physically stay in the world anymore. It turns into dust and fucks off. Fair point, well made. So yes, there are animals in this world. Ha ha! Fuck you. So he's like holding like a dead rat or a dead pigeon or whatever the fuck. Going, where's Rata? And he takes uh, She takes him back to his mum, and she, they freak out. Um, she then gets kidnapped super easily by like three guys, who take her off to the Bear King for some reason. Why the fuck
1: do they take him to the bear
0: king? Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
1: Oh, is, is it because the maybe they're just working? Uh, they're probably hired by the bear king. They're going to get paid like they're assassins, not not assassins, but like a. They're going to try and get her, and
0: why her? No, that doesn't make. any I'm, I'm not making any sense. They do specifically go and get her, and then they present her to the bear king, who's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, because then she pretends to be a demon. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why any of this section exists.
1: Well, but, so the story can move
0: along. <laughs> it's it's not even so the story can move along because this is like completely left to field, like bear politics stuff.
1: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Because yeah, fair enough. That what's the name of the the friendly bear again?
0: Um, Yorick. Yor yeah, yeah, something Yorick.
1: Yorick. So like he becomes the bear king, but like so.
0: Yeah.
1: Who gives a Who gives a fuck? Well, well done, well done, Yorick.
0: Because he just turns up later on his own. Does he turn up with the the bears later? No. He just turns up by himself.
1: Yeah, so while, while I've become the be- king of the bears, I don't know why we're watching this, where are the fucking kids?
0: Well, meeting the king and the demon plan pretending to be a demon is, is fun and all. That king is a fucking idiot. Yeah, he is. Because he just goes along with it and just goes, oh yeah, no, I'd like a demon. You're a demon, are you? Even though oh, you're an obvious human girl. You're a demon? Oh. Oh yeah, if you kill if you kill Yorick, Yorick, whatever the fuck his name is, I'll become your demon. Even though you should know that's not how that works.
1: By the way, um, the, way I, the only way I could remember his the bear's name was Boris Yeltsin. For some reason, Yorick,
0: Yorick Bernison. That's it. Yeah, oh, I got it. Yeah. Anyway, the is, uh, Yorick Bernison turns up. He fucking kicks kicks the other dude's ass, knocks his jaw off his face. No, just just the tooth. He knocks a tooth out of his jaw. Knocks his jaw off. He knocks the jaw off, does he? I thought, it was, I thought he. He knocks the jaw off. Yeah. Oh. Well... And the jaw flies towards the camera. Yeah. I thought it was the tooth. <laughs> no. Suddenly, oh. hardcore this film. Um. Anyway. Uh. Friendly Bear then takes her to Bolvanger, and we get back to the plot. So Bolvanger is this place where they've taken where the goblins have taken all the all the children. She finds Roger there. She pretends to be someone else called um, Lily. Whatever the fuck. Who gives a shit. Alan, Lily Allen. Uh, they find Roger. She hi, She goes sneaking around and she goes into this conference room. And then a load of people come in, including Mrs. Coulter, and they have a meeting at this table where they should obviously be able to find her hiding underneath, but they don't. Yeah, because I mean. So she's underneath and she's listening to this conversation and they're talking something, something crooks happening. Oh, they give an update on what Lord Asriel's doing. He's up north somewhere researching shit.
1: And they're going search to search him out and then they're going to execute him.
0: For, yeah, for they're, they're on, they're, there's battalions on the way to go fuck him up, yeah? Yeah. And her, uh, Lyra and Pam are like, oh, fuck, we better get up there and go help him. Uh, Lickety split. We've done, Roger. Roger's done. Fuck him. Um, Lord Asriel's next. And all the adults are fucking creepy in this movie. Uh, well, not all of the adults. All of the adults are the... Mag- the Egyptians are all right.
1: Yeah, Well the Magisterium, they're already creepy. Like, hello, welcome to our humble abode. Would you like to come in? Where have you been, child?
0: And they've all got creepy animals. All of their demons are like snakes and insects and all and shit like that. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, these guys are gross. <laughs> like, if you had a kid, uh, in a world where you have demons and you have a kid whose demon settles... As like a creepy, like as a scorpion, you're going to be like, ah, you're you're a bit fucked, aren't you?
1: <laughs> put him down. Put him down. He's, he's a rotten.
0: You might as well walk around with a sticker on saying, "My internet search history is dark." <laughs> they right. They find they find um, Lyra under the table, and then they put her in the machine. Hmm. They found a way to cut people away from their demons without killing. A person but just cutting away part of their soul Th- this this is the, the other
1: question i had why do they want to take away part of the soul the, the explanation they give in the movie is this is how you grow up it's for your own good but like what you, you're gonna leave them empty husks of their former selves for the rest of their lives and that's a good thing in what world would this help you in any way shape or form
0: it's not really given because uh, i've seen this film a couple of times i've read the book and i've 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 watched the the bbc show i'm still not entirely sure about the concept of dust and what the machine what they think the machine i know why they've built the machine which we'll get into in a bit um but their justification for it like this cutting away of they they call it like cutting away original sin or something like that
1: right okay
0: it's fucked and i don't really i don't really understand it i I need to read the books but as the as the as the machine is 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 kicking off mrs Coulter walks back into the room sees that lyra's in the machine freaks the fuck out runs across and saves her from it which i found quite surprising seeing as i thought that she hated the shit out of lyra but next scene it turns out that she's actually lyra's mum. anyway uh lyra escapes have The big battle outside everyone, uh, the Egyptians turn up, one bear turns up, uh, Lee Scoresby turns up, the witches turn up. Uh, by the way,
1: the, the witch, do you remember her name? Because she seemed to be the only person who had like a triple barreled name that everyone, uh, everyone pronounced the entire thing of. It wasn't like everyone, anyone ever called her like Dave or like, yeah, they just always said the entire name, and it's a really long name. I found that
0: weird um it's it's only it's only a uh, single barreled name sadly. it's but they yeah they say the whole thing um every time seraphina peckler okay anyway they have the big fight and the big battle and then a load of people get fucking wasted i did like the 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 dust effect when people died yeah yeah. that was good because you don't you don't necessarily see the hits of people dying and falling on the floor because you know it's a kids movie it's not that gory but because so many demons turn to dust, you're like, people are getting wasted left, right, and center in this thing. Yeah. It's way more gory than it is, if you think about it. And it was like the, it, probably
1: the, the only really main action scene in the whole movie as well. It wasn't the very much action that, apart from the maybe the polar bear fight, not really much actual action. And then all of a sudden a massive epic fight right at the end.
0: I will say they do remain consistent in this film about having um the demons present. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not a very long film. Um, so there's there's fucking animals all over the place, and like like pantalimans on her shoulder all, all, all the way through, um, and the golden monkey, and like you can always see people's demons in the background somewhere. The BBC show because it's so long, it's like it's, it's too expensive to have anim- CGI animals in the background of every fucking shot. So they'll give background characters animals that are like like a dog or a cat. So it's on the floor and they will angle it away. And they'll angle the camera like from waist up so that you can't see the see the animal. Like they'll be talking and every now they'll just look down and go, shut up. And or, or it'll be like a small animal that you can put in a purse. Anyway, they have the big battle and then they're in the um they're in the the hot air balloon and they're going off to Lord Asriel, her and Roger, and they're talking about Oh, and she's cockney again now. Oh, apples and pears. Remember remember when I said that I'd find you? I totally find you. So so I did, so I did, sir. Let's go and have other adventures. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yay. And credits all of a sudden. Yeah. So, uh, like, you found me. You kept your promise. So I'll
1: follow you to wherever and look after you. Wherever. So she, she's, he's basically uh,
0: Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> And she's threaded with the golden ring. I mean, the golden compass. The golden compass. I mean, the t- when they title it the golden compass, you assume that the alithiometer will be way more important than it actually is. Yeah, right. Um, yeah,
1: is that, is that, it only plays a little, like, a subtle role in it.
0: Like, I think calling it the golden compass and the role that it plays, and like the plot, the core plot being about the children going missing. I think it's hard to tell. Like, if you're watching this without having read the source material or any or, or knowing anything about the story, you're like, "What the fuck is this about?"
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was saying. Like, the, I thought it was about the Golden Compass. Yeah, it's, it's called the Golden Compass, which I thought was the clue. Yeah, I, I thought it was about how, like she was going to use this to. I don't know. I don't know what she would use it for. I'm not a film writer. And, like, um, when you're watching it from the beginning, they they mention subtly the children going disappearing, and then her friends disappear. But then that entire Mm -hmm. storyline, just they stop talking about it or mentioning it in any way, shape, or form for like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, half of the movie. And then all of a sudden, they meet, they uh, find uh, Roger's mate in in the shed, and they go, oh, fuck yeah, those kids. We were going to. Oh yeah, shit! we were fucking some- out. I've been playing with bears. We we're supposed
0: to get the kids right. Are we going to get the kids now? No, I'm going to fuck around with the bear for a bit.
1: It's <laughs> So and then and then all of a sudden, that's when that's it was really late in the movie. I was like, oh, that's the plot of the story. It's the the kids have gone missing. And why did that? Uh, uh, okay, now I'm on board. Why did this happen at the fucking 55 minute mark?
0: <laughs> and also, yeah, what's a, what's this thing about religion? And what is Lord real doing? And Why is any of that important? And what the fuck is dust? Like, you're barreling through these things, like, mentioning them as if you're ticking them off a list, but you're not, like, explaining anything or making anything make have any purpose or drive, or we don't know where we're going with any of this. Or or giving any of the
1: characters any, uh, like, a real character development. Like, Lyra, obviously, gets some. She's the main character. But, like, all the surrounding characters don't get very much insight into their actual characters. Even even uh, Madame Coulter, like, you know she's a dick, but you only find out right near the end of the movie that she was married to, well, not married to, she fucked Asriel and, had, and was the mother. Before that, you just think, you don't know why she's such a dick.
0: Yeah, just that she is a dick. It's an adventure movie where you're like, we don't know what the adventure is, but it's we're on it, and don't get me wrong, it's an enjoyable adventure, but it's just like, I don't know why we're going anywhere to do all of these things. Like, obviously I do now, because I've read a book and I've seen a TV show that explained it to me, but in the context of just this movie, just on its own, without all of that additional stuff, you're like, okay, what are we doing? Where are we going? Why? What? And then credits, and you're like, what was that for? Yeah.
1: and then like, I mean, that's why it seems to have so much potential to be a really good story. Oh, it does. (laughs) But, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't develop any of the any of the storylines it introduces. It doesn't give any any kind of weight to them or any importance to them or any explanation of what they are or why they are. And then they just it just rambles around from story to story. And, uh, and by the way, this and also this and and, the, and uh, we're gonna have this and this and this. <laughs> Leave me alone.
0: Why are we doing any of the things that they were do that we're doing? Why are they why are the goblins doing what they're doing? Why are they cutting why are they kidnapping kids? Why have they got this machine? Why are they cutting people's souls away? Why are they f- so fucking obsessed about dust? I still I still don't know that. I've seen the whole movie. I don't know why they, they want to take away... Th-
1: Other than uh, Nicole Kidman's massive, uh, perfect explanation of it's for their own good. This is how you grow up. That's all I know about why they, why they're stealing kids and cutting away their souls and leaving them empty husks.
0: Also, remember that this is a film about the multiverse. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot about that. <laughs> you mentioned it very briefly in the first five seconds and then didn't fucking bring it up again.
1: So that's, so, so much potential. I think that I I'm, I'm, this is why I'm going to watch the, if I can find it, I'm going to watch the TV series because I think that at a slower pace where you've got more hours to fill in more information with, like, more carefully so that you can actually follow the storyline i think it could be a really good story but
0: yeah um let's let's talk about the aftermath what happened with this film so it had a budget of 180 million dollars it made 70 million oh. in north america so it was not very well received in america but it did fucking gangbusters everywhere else really Especially in the UK and Europe. Well, the UK, because it's a British book, and it's set in Britain. And for some reason, Japan fucking lapped this up. They loved this film. This made, in total, it made $372 million.
1: I thought you were going to say $372 million. Very confused and annoyed um, viewers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It got back its budget. (laughs) Asterix on that, by the way, it got back its budget, and based on what it made, it warranted a sequel. Did they make a sequel? No, they didn't. They stopped at this one because there's three books. The second book is called uh, "A The Subtle Knife." Okay. Yeah, they just shelved it partly because it only made seventy million in America. American audiences didn't like this. Was Was the movie American made or English made? It's American made. Ah, okay, that would make sense then. The movie itself was a mess in production. It went through seven, uh, numerous writers and directors. The thing is, though, that the original source material was controversial because it's anti- a strong anti-religion message in it. Ah, oh, okay.
1: Is that, that's, probably why, that's probably why I do it badly in America.
0: There were calls for it to be banned. It's, in America, the book is regularly on banned lists. I say,
1: it's like dogma all over again
0: um and the church was out going look um this is anti religion this is evil it's been com- it was compared to um the chronicles of narnia a book the writer fucking hates and
1: was the book <laughs> compared to narnia or just the movie
0: yeah the book is the book is compared to narnia which the writer of the book fucking hates but this this is kind of like the antithesis of the chronicles of narnia because this is instead of being a long jesus metaphor this is a this is a book series which slight spoilers by the way is about a man who wages war on god okay well then to be
1: fair though if it is the antithesis then that's a very good reason to to be compared to narnia yeah
0: <laughs> that's what lord asriel's doing that's what he's up to by the way he's waging war on god
1: okay the authority
0: um he's trying to get through the multiverse so that he, he can get to get to the kingdom of heaven <laughs> but bold, bold, bold move that said though the the contra- the religious controversy around the books isn't in the film as much because they watered it down a lot the magisterium isn't as present in the
1: f- yeah it, they the thing is that the magisterium should have been more present in it because it would have added, it would have made
0: things a lot clearer because of the reputation of the book, even though they watered it down, the reputation of the book made still made Catholics particularly angry with the film for existing. Even if they were like, "Oh no, we watered it down." Yeah, but it's based on the evil book, so we don't like you. And fans of the book, they're, 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 therefore, they shouldn't have watered it watered down. No matter, like when it comes to
1: like uh, r- religious people, it doesn't matter if you water it down or do go whole hog on it; they're going to be pissed off. So you might as well at least keep the, the fans of the book happy. At
0: least you have that audience. But because they watered it down, fans of the book were like, "But you watered it down." Exactly. So they didn't like it either.
1: So don't water it down. Keep half of the fans. Keep half of the people happy. One half is always going to be going to be pissed off no matter what you do. The other half you can save by just not watering it down.
0: Some people. So some people blamed the the, the failure of the film on the religious c- controversy surrounding it. But um I think it was Sam Elliott, the guy who plays um Lee Scoresby. Um, he particularly said that he thought the religious fervor around it was why it failed. But others pointed out like there's other films that have like religious backlash, like the Harry Potter films in Twilight had religious back- backlash, yeah. and they were successful. But they weren't specifically about religion and killing God. Yeah. Whereas this one was. True. <laughs> So based on all that and the fact that writing the first one the golden compass was a pain in the ass writing a second one was like oh fucking hell do we oh, not sure about this yeah you know i said asterisks on the um the 370 million yeah but they made this was made by new line cinemas right yeah it made 70 million in the us and they made 370 overall yeah the problem was yeah To fund the project in the first place, New Line sold the international distribution rights to the film to fund the production in the first place. So all of the money that it made outside of America, it didn't get.
1: Oh, shit. So they... Oh, shit. (laughs) They should have watered the fuck out of it. They should have got rid of the magisterium completely.
0: (laughs) So because of that... Epically bad business decision on their part. It's like one of the it's seen as one of the final nails in the coffin because New Line Cinemas was had to be sold to Warner Brothers. That's why New Line Cinemas. That's why they were sold.
1: Oh, fuck it out!
0: Like they were on the ropes anyway, but this was the thing that put them over the edge. And shortly shortly after this was two thousand and seven. The financial crisis was in two thousand and eight. So that that also fucked it. So yeah. That's why there was no subtle knife.
1: Yeah, to be, to be honest, like uh, I mean, I'm really interested in watching the HBO series. Like like I said, I think this probably could be a really good story. But for, for me, it was too convoluted, too many things happening at the same time. Uh, not enough focus on the actual main plot of the story. Not enough... Character development of uh, just introducing people as though we already knew them, giving us a, not giving us any information to to help us get along with it. So, I as much as I enjoyed watching it once I I got over my uh I, I got over my uh, not quite understanding what was going on and just watching the pictures and and watching the action scenes and trying to understand the story. I ended up enjoying it, but I think it could have been so much better.
0: They needed another hour. Yes, which brings us to the film abruptly ends. So we don't normally put spoiler warnings on this, but this this is a spoiler warning from here on now. You're happy to hear this? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. If you're listening to this and you've not seen the HBO BBC version and you've not read the books um, but intend to and don't want the ending spoiled, then I'd stop now because we're just going to talk about this for the rest of the podcast. The ending. This film abruptly ends. In the book, there's three more chapters. Oh. When I found out what happens at the end, it made me reevaluate this film. I went from not minding this film to I really hated this film for a bit because they'd taken this thing out of the end. They explained their decision by saying, oh, we wanted a happy ending. Okay. And what we'll do is we'll take the last three chapters and what happens in them and shove them in the beginning of the next film, because it kind of kicks off the events of the next film. Right. And gives this one a happy ending. When the book and the HBO BBC version, the ending is fucked and tragic. Roger dies, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yes! I fucking nailed it! <laughs> like, seriously? Yeah. So it's not going to be fucking Samway's Gamgee after all. Oh, man, I, I'm really happy that I nailed that. How? How? Why? How does
0: he go? So, Lyra and Roger are in the balloon. They're going up north. Yeah. Yeah. real's up north. He's got a got a research station up there, um, and they're going up to help help him. She's found out that it's her dad, and she's going to reunite with him when she gets there. When they get there, she says, "Oh, can you give Roger? Can you just wait outside for a minute so that I can go in and and um and surprise him?" And she goes in and she surprises him and. He's immediately like, No, no, anyone but you. No, you're not supposed to hear. Fuck off. So he's he's still being a dick to her. Tells her she shouldn't be there. He doesn't want her here. Anyone but her. He literally says that. Anyone but you. Fuck off. And this upsets the shit out of her, right? She spent this whole film trying to get up there, get up there, get to him, reunite with who she now knows to be her father. And the first thing that he says to her is, No, not you. Anyone but you, fuck off. And also,
1: also because she wants, she she thinks that he needs the Golden Compass, right? So she, she wants to give him the Golden Compass. So she's trying to help him as well.
0: So that devastates her, understandably, and she gets upset and she starts crying or or, or being upset. Uh, and he again fucking lays into her for being upset. And then Roger walks in, and then suddenly he fucking he's like, "Oh, hello." Huh? The look on your face right now. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Do you remember in The Balloon, just before the credits suddenly started, she's looking at the alethiometer, and the alethiometer, the good thing about the alethiometer is it tells her the truth, but it doesn't tell her all the truth. Like, it's still open to interpretation. Yeah. Based on the words that it uses. And it just tells her that she's bringing bringing him what what he he needs. needs. Oh, so Roger is what he needs. Roger's what he needs. She thinks it's the alethiometer, but it's actually Roger. Okay. Going back to Bolvanga the machine, the reason that they're doing it, they've put like a quasi-religious twist on it. It's not a thing that they've come up with. They're doing the experiments at Bolvanga with the machine because they're trying to figure out what Lord Asriel is doing. It's his machine. It's his design. He is is the bad guy. He is, yeah, in this one, yeah, he's supposed to be. So they're using the machine in Bolvanga mainly to try and figure out what the fuck he's doing. Okay. In the middle of the night, he fucks off to the mountain top, and he takes Roger with him. She wakes up like an hour later, realizes everyone's fucked off, and finds a couple of his notes, finds out that he's using this mountain. This mountain is the closest point to like a crossing to another universe. He needs to open a gateway between the universes so that he can go to another universe. And to do that requires a huge amount of energy like the amount of energy that's released when you cut someone's demon away. So she realizes what he's doing, and she runs up the mountaintop just as he's closing the machine on Roger and his demon, cuts away the demon, killing Roger instantly, opens a gate.
1: I I thought it didn't kill him if he
0: used that machine. Oh, the one in Bolvanga doesn't, but his does, because he doesn't give a shit about that bit. (laughs) He just needs the energy release. Releases the energy... Opens the gateway and while she's crying next to his Roger's dead body in the cage, he, do- he doesn't like berate her for crying again, does he? I think he might do, if I remember correctly. <laughs> doesn't give her any explanation except for his own motivations for what he's doing. Like, this isn't about you and your, f- and your silly friend. This is, I'm about to kill God. Grow up for fuck's sake. This is bigger than you. And then he fucks off through the portal. She promises to her dead friends and to Pam, that she's going to follow, she's going to go through the multiverse, find out what the thing with fucking dust is, and get vengeance for Roger. And then she fucks off through the portal as well. Now it's credits.
1: See that? Yeah, I'd would, I would be quite interested in watching a sequel. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so this film, you did two things. It need one extra hour to slow things down down a little bit, make things a little bit clearer, a little bit more exposition, a little bit more character development. And it needed that ending to be included as well. Yeah, yeah, and maybe some of the extra storylines just just the bear the bear thing. We can talk about that later, maybe.
0: Now, the BBC HBA version series. Each there's three series, and they roughly follow the books. Series Series One covers the the same ground as this film, plus the last three chapters, plus a bit from the second book. Because the second book starts with a different character in our world. In our world, okay. In our world. Um, and that character discovers a window into another dimension, uh, another universe. And in that dimension, he bumps into Lyra. So everything that he's doing kind of takes place at the same time as what Lyra's doing in the first book. So in the TV show, they're intercut with each other. Okay, so
1: as she jumps through the portal at the end of the book or the end of the, the first movie book, but- what should have been the end of the first movie he's also concluding his story and they have to meet okay
0: I highly recommend it it's it's great the main girl Daphne Keene she's much not say against the girl who's in this one but she's much better as Lyra okay than uh than this guy uh this guy the the girl in this one the cast Ruth Wilson as Mrs Coulter a thousand times better than Nicole Kidman so fucking sinister and cunning, and actively unsettling. Hey, I would like to see that. What was the What was the name of the Dark Materials? Was it His Dark Materials? It's a quote from Paradise Lost, apparently. Um, do you have any more uh, any anything that we haven't covered on this? Uh, no, I I think I, I covered. Every, I mean, did you cover the four 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 things that you scored on a piece of paper? <laughs> I did, yeah, and. Um... <laughs> And as you were talking,
1: I thought of extra things as well. So uh, what what did I write? Accents, drawing from too much, no character dev. No. <laughs> those those were my notes.
0: Uh right. I think that's it for today. Um Colin, uh, where can people find you if they were so inclined to go a looking? Um, Colin.gerard.92 on
1: Instagram, but um It's mostly just pictures of my cooking, so I wouldn't
0: recommend going there. And you can find me at um, The Badger's Apprentice on YouTube and on uh, Twitter at TBA underscore tweets. And with that, goodbye.
1: And I really hope that we have satisfied your ears.